Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. I'm Christine, your host. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue with our series on Only Jesus. Here's Pastor Geshom with today's message. Hi church, it's a great joy and a privilege to meet with you this Good Friday uh, via the online experience. I know it's not our typical Good Friday service that we would expect, but even as we've gathered here, even as we just completed worship, I know it's uh, we are living in a time where we are so confused, we are so probably trying to get adjusted to different things around us. So even as you've taken time to sit here for this service, our prayer is that your hearts would be open and that even as I speak that it wouldn't just be me speaking, but it'll be the, be the Holy Spirit who's speaking through me. Can we just say a quick word of prayer even before we get into the word of God? Loving Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time. God, even right now as we get uh, spend some time, Lord Jesus, meditating on your word and learning from your word, Lord Jesus, the importance and the reason of why you came down and laid your life, that Lord, our hearts will be open. We pray that Lord, we draw you close, more closer to you more than ever before, Lord. May you be glorified and honored in your most holy name we pray. Amen. Even as we've been going through this entire series called Only Jesus, today we're going to look into the death of Jesus. And this sermon title today is called The Perfect Sacrifice. If I had to ask you today, uh, what does perfection mean to you? What, what, What does it mean to have a perfect scenario? You would probably say that you're striving really hard to make sure every minute detail is set. Uh, I still remember, uh, like from the day I got married, uh, the, the wedding day, there was hardly anything that I really knew in what was going around, you know, that I wasn't too involved. But today when I meet with a lot of uh, our friends or, you know, a lot of young uh, friends of ours who are getting married, the attention to detail that they give uh, is so high. In fact, uh, I feel it's probably the Pinterest culture where, you know, they want to have the perfect wedding. They want to have uh, the perfect baby shower. They want to have the perfect party. They want to have everything planned to the T. But the more we look into our lives, this word perfect, the word perfect means as good as it's possible to be or make something free from fault or defect. We uh, strive so hard to make a perfect app, a perfect design, a perfect video, a perfect anything we put our hands to, even if it's just probably baking bread, we want to have the perfect uh, way in which we've made it. But somewhere down the line, we notice that not everything works out as we've planned. There's a limitation to the uh, way in which we can have, we can uh, attain this perfection. And so our constant battle in our human life, if you notice, would be to go to that place of perfection, but we realize we can't go there because we are lacking something. But God is not like that. And today I want to like encourage you. God is a perfect God. In fact, the reference which I want to take is from Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 4 and goes on to say like this. He is the rock. His works are perfect and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. He is the rock. His works are perfect. Have you noticed that God created the heavens and the earth? God created every living being, both on land, air and on water. 
there's no defect in anything that he's created if you actually take time to observe in nature you notice that the plants the animals the fishes the birds everything is so detailed i don't know how many of you have uh, actually spent some time uh, going to the zoo and uh, we got the opportunity to go a couple of times with the kids every animal is so unique every animal is so detailed so much that that there's there's not i think god had never had to go back to the drawing board and say you know what let me try fixing this there's no version update like we have every year we have our ios developers and android developers coming out with the latest version update of the software to make it better to help serve humanity better with what they have created but god never goes back to the drawing board because he is perfect in what he's created uh, i kind of like uh, design and do all these video editing stuff and there's this one shortcut key which i kind of like my hand always goes to which is control c control z is nothing but it's to undo what i've actually just done so that i can do something much better god never has to undo certain things in what he's created everything that he's created is perfect if the problem is it's we who have been created who always have to undo certain things to do something always better so with that in mind even as we set this entire topic of jesus being the perfect sacrifice why how is it that jesus became this perfect sacrifice you know we he came down to earth he was born of a virgin he walked on earth he did so many miracles he taught he gathered his disciples around he in fact empowered them this those three and a half years of year he did nothing but just empower them and yet they lacked the strength but yet he was perfect in all his ways he knew no sin and he was among us that's the god we serve our imperfection is made complete by jesus perfect sacrifice on the cross and even as we step into dwelling more on this we'd like to go on the first point jesus perfect sacrifice was the adequate atonement we're going to look into the lumo bible version what we've been seeing and we're going to see uh, this particular video pilot then went back inside the palace summoned jesus and asked him are you the king of the jews is that your own idea jesus asked or did others talk to you about me am i a jew Pilate replied Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me What is it you have done Jesus said My kingdom is not of this world If it were my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders But now my kingdom is from another place You are a king then said pilot Jesus answered You say that I am a king in fact the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth Everyone on the side of truth listens to me What is truth we taught it pilot With this he went out again to the Jews gathered there and said I find no basis for a charge against him But it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the King of the Jews? They shouted back, "No, not him. Give us Barabbas." 
Nabarabas had taken part in an uprising. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they slapped him in the face. Even as we saw this video, we see that Jesus was led into the uh, presence of the Sanhedrin where they questioned him. And they knew that they didn't have authority and the power to, you know, put him to death. So they send him to Pontius Pilate. And Pontius Pilate, who's actually standing there, knows that this, is, this guy is, is not a threat. He has probably dealt with so many worse criminals that he can probably sense of Jesus that this guy, is, he's, he's, not, he's done nothing wrong, but he's still there. And so even if you notice him, he's questioning him. He's saying, are you really the king of the Jews? And Jesus keeps quiet and he says, all authority has been given to me, but my kingdom is not of this world. And Pilate is probably thinking he's kind of like, I think, gone off his head. He doesn't know what he's talking about. When we look into Pilate's life from history, we see that he wasn't an upright man. He, in fact, did so many wrong things. He didn't, uh, he didn't do what was right for the people for who he was governing over. But when we see here, he, by his character, he would have sensed that Jesus was not wrong at all. But still, he gave into the pressure of where he was governing because he wanted to get into the good books of the people and of the leaders of that land. And so what he does is just to make sure that the blame doesn't come on him. He just asks the crowd and they say, crucify him. And they are willing to take Barabbas. In fact, to Pontius Pilate, Barabbas would have been a bigger threat in the coming days, even after he got released. He probably was reluctant, but Pilate caved in to the pressure of the Sanhedrin and of the people around him. He probably just wanted peace at the end of it. And if you notice here, the one quality that Jesus possessed was he did not fight back. He did not, you know, argue. In fact, in Isaiah, it goes on to say that he was led like a lamb to the slaughter. He didn't resist. He knew this is something that was supposed to happen. In fact, this was his mission. This was his mandate, why he came down to earth. This is why he came to be that perfect sacrifice. And even as we look on this word called atonement, it actually is, uh, it's, it's, it's well, it's, it's a word that has been used a lot in the Old Testament. And in Leviticus 16 verse 2, it goes on to say like this, The Lord said to Moses, tell your brother Aaron that he is not to come whenever he chooses into the most holy place behind the curtain in front of the atonement cover on the ark or else he will die. I will appear in the cloud over the atonement cover. In fact, if you notice uh, in the story in Leviticus, Aaron's son just go into the place without even recognizing and obeying God's word and they are struck down. And Aaron is there. God gives him this regulation. If you read that entire chapter, he gives a whole set of instructions. Before you come into his presence, you need to be holy. You need to have purified yourself. You need to have sacrificed a bull. You need to sacrifice a goat for the entire nation of Israel and for all the sins that they have committed. And so there was this huge process. And what was supposed to be enjoyable in having this relationship with God suddenly became so distant because it became this cover because God is holy there, I am unholy and I can't go there. And, or, 
and what happened year on year when they celebrated the day of atonement was it became a ritualistic thing it just became a check box in their to do list and god actually didn't want that he wanted a relationship with him and that's why he sent jesus down to earth who would become this perfect atonement another meaning of atonement is reconciliation of god and mankind through jesus alone reconciliation i'm reminded of this word uh, when i started working uh, right after university uh, uh, my work involved working with database and servers and uh, i was working as a financial data warehouse guy and part of my job was to make sure at the end of the day all the set of books across the world uh, tallied you know and or they got reconciled or they matched so there was nothing outstanding when we look into the life of jesus he came down to make sure that that balance and that pathway would be established between us and god so that through him we'll have this deeper connection we'll be able to reach out we'll be to we'll be able to hear from god we'll be able to talk to god jesus christ was the perfect sacrifice jesus christ was the perfect atonement he came he was this he was this lamb who uh, was so humble even though at the time of persecution even at the time where he was uh, being uh, you know called different things he could have stood up and said he could have justified himself you know uh, we have three kids and often times uh, we seem to be uh, the advocate in, in the midst of all their petty fights but if you notice the minute we start going after someone all they do is actually they stand up and they justify and i noticed often times even when uh, we have an argument or something between me and my wife we are always there to actually justify our point or to say our stance but jesus here knew his purpose clearly even though it meant to go down this tough road of pain of suffering of carrying uh, this cross and walking he did it quietly he was humble enough and so uh, When we look at Jesus all we can say is that he was this perfect sacrifice I'm reading from Hebrews chapter 9 verses 23 to 28 it goes on to say like this it was necessary then for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sacrifices but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these for Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one he entered heaven himself now to appear for us in god's presence nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own otherwise christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world but he has appeared once and for all the culmination of the ages today with sin by the sacrifice of himself just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment so christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many and he will appear a second time not to bear sin but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him when he was on the cross he carried the entire weight of mankind the sin of the entire world even 2000 years later he did everything Jesus was the perfect sacrifice for all of humanity. Today as we look at Jesus we are not actually just going to see uh the cross alone and be like God God you've taken away my sin you know I want forgiveness but we are actually standing from a place of being grateful 
grateful for the finished work of the cross grateful that jesus went through that because if it he didn't go through it would have been me our mandate because of jesus's atonement is that we need to live out our lives differently because we no longer belong to people who are living in the days where we didn't know about jesus but we are living in the time and in the day when we know jesus and what he's done on the cross and the price that he has paid reading from 1 peter chapter 1 verses 17 onwards and it goes on to say like this since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear 18 for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors but with the precious blood of Christ a lamb without blemish or defect he was chosen before the creation of the world but was revealed in these last times for your sake through him you believe in god you raised him from the dead and glorified him and so your faith and hope are in god we have not been redeemed by silver or gold but we have been redeemed by the precious blood of jesus who knew no sin and it's a once and for all act that was done so today when we look at jesus let's remember he is the perfect atonement The second thing is Jesus perfect sacrifice leads us to repentance and brings salvation. We're going to look at uh, the Lumo video from Luke chapter 23 verses 26 to 43. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull they crucified him there along with the criminals one on his right the other on his left Jesus said Father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing and they divided up his clothes by casting lots The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, "He saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one." The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, "If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself." There was a written notice above him which read This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, "Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom." Jesus answered him, 
Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Reading from Luke chapter 23 verse 40 in the Passion Translation and goes on to say like this, The criminal hanging on the other cross rebuked the man saying, Don't you fear God, you are about to die. We deserve to be condemned for we are just being repaid for what we've done. But this man, he's done nothing wrong. Then he said, I beg of you, my Lord Jesus, show me grace and take me with you into your everlasting kingdom. Jesus responded, I promise you this very day you will enter paradise with me. As the two thieves were there on either side of Jesus, it's interesting to see that one thief was actually looking at Jesus and thinking that he'll get a miracle over there. He didn't realize, he was in fact questioning Jesus. Uh, he didn't understand Jesus' mission. He in fact just joined with the mockery of what was happening down. People were looking at him, the Sanhedrin people were looking at him and questioning him and saying, you said you could save others, but you can't even save yourself. And so he goes on to question and say, if you are the Messiah, why don't you save yourself? But the other thief, on the other hand, actually saw Jesus for who he was. He, in fact, makes a statement saying, you know what? This is what I did wrong. This is what I deserve. Me hanging on this cross, me being nailed over here, being beaten and bruised and hanging here is what I deserve. When we look at the cross, we often think sometimes we can, when, when we cry out or when we call out, the cross will kind of like, uh, you know, channel us away and we will escape the consequence. No, we, we find forgiveness in Jesus, but we don't escape the consequence. And looking here at this, this guy knew he knew what he deserved, but looking at Jesus, all he could say is, Jesus, you didn't deserve this. You are God. In fact, I love how he says, I beg of you, my Lord Jesus, show me grace and take me with you. He knew what Jesus' mission was. And he asked him, can I be part of that kingdom? So today, what is it that uh, we are actually looking at Jesus for? Jesus' ears was not tuned to the mockery that was surrounded by him underneath. When people are looking out up at him and this mocking him, but it was tuned to repentance. When we look at the cross, are we there with a repentant heart? The cross becomes valid only if we repent in front of it. The cross becomes valid only if we go and approach that place of the cross with, with a repentant heart. And what is that repentant heart? The repentant heart is the same thing as has thief said. I should have, I deserve this. But Lord, you came in my place and you stood. You don't deserve this, but you've done it in my behalf. And so can we make that statement today in our lives? Lord, there are so many areas in, in which I need to change. There are so many areas where I need more of you. Can we repent? Can we take time to repent? Because when, when true repentance happens, there is salvation that happens. There's a famous theologian who says, John Stott, who goes on to say like this, the essential background to the cross, therefore, is a balanced understanding between the gravity of sin and the majesty of God. If we diminish either, we thereby diminish the cross. And so, when we look at the cross, we go towards the cross with a repentant heart and what we receive is salvation. And so as he's explained here, we need to have that balanced understanding about what sin is, the gravity of sin 
and also about the majesty of God. Because when we look at the cross, there were two things that happened that day. There was that connection that got established between God and man. And there was another victorious thing that happened where good overcame evil. Where God overcame evil. And that happened only right there on that mountain. And so if there's anything that we can look to the cross is that when I look to the cross, I'll receive salvation, but I'll also receive the strength to overcome evil. Evil has no stronghold. That's why every time when we pray, we claim the finished work of the cross because we are declaring with our mouths and we are believing with our hearts that evil has no power over us. And Satan in all his power will always try to diminish that in our lives. He'll say, you know what? Evil has power. This particular thing is what defines you. This is what you are known by. This particular addiction is what you are confined to for the rest of your life. But no, this Good Friday, can we look at the cross and can we claim victory? Victory over sin. And can we rise with the strength that we get by looking at the cross that he is still king. Without repentance, forgiveness is cheapened. When we look at the cross, we cannot expect forgiveness without having that repentant heart. We need to have that broken, contrite spirit, that spirit which is not all-knowing, but is at the foot of the cross saying, God, this is me here. And I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's a special time even this Good Friday because a lot of us are seated in front of a screen. We are not probably surrounded by many people around. We, we, we can make this personal commitment to God. God, probably I've come to you the cross many a times. God saying, God, I'm sorry for this. God, I'm sorry for that. But can we actually, can you just close your eyes right now for a minute and just say, God, I'm coming to the cross with a repentant heart. The work that was done on the cross was costly, was expensive. In fact, if it, if we had to measure the entire work of humanity, it wouldn't even come close to what you did. But Lord, even right now, I come to your cross with a repentant heart so that I would receive forgiveness, that, so that I will be made whole, so that salvation would be mine. Reading from Romans chapter 6, verse 22 to 23, goes on to say like this, For now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So even as we look to the cross, let's remember we have eternal life because we've gone to Jesus with a repentant heart and that we receive salvation because he is the perfect sacrifice. The third point we're going to see is Jesus' perfect sacrifice tore the veil to allow anyone and everyone to the throne room. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 27, verses 45 to 55. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. 
The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. When Jesus breathed his last, the earth shook and this one act redefined so many things for us because we have direct access to God the Father through Jesus Christ. It just doesn't say the whale tore. It says the whale tore from top to bottom. And if you notice, uh, this whale was really thick. This whale was that barrier between the most holy of where God resided and only one person was allowed to enter. A chosen person was allowed to enter. And even when he had to enter, he had to like cleanse himself so much. And even when reading, uh, looking at the life of Zechariah, you hear that they had these small bells which they tied down in case if he didn't go in the right spirit and he got slain there, they actually would know that he's not moving around and that they could drag him out. That was how reverent this place was. That was how holy this place was. And so God did bridge that gap for us and we can never take it for granted. Many times we, when we are asked to do something, we always have this label saying, I'm not good enough. You know, this is not my cup of tea or, you know, I'm not educated in this place or I'm not qualified to do this or I'm not uh, a capable person or this is not what I am supposed to be doing. But when we look at Jesus here and when we have to approach this throne room of God, we oftentimes use that same mentality and say, you know what, God, you're holy. I don't want that. He stoned that veil from top to bottom so that we can have direct access. So today, whatever label that you have in your life, that you're carrying around with that boat, I don't know how many of you have watched on social media, this guy who doesn't talk, but he just holds that boat. Many a times you're probably just holding that boat to God saying, God, not me. If God's probably called you to go and say, hey, speak a word of encouragement to your friends. You're saying, God, how can I speak a word of encouragement when I itself am down? Or when God's asking you, why don't you go and help that person? But you're like in your own pity boat saying, God, I need help. God oftentimes will break, is willing to break down those labels that we are placing in front of us so that we'll have direct access. And uh, what are some of the labels that we really suffer with? Are we? Uh, is it the fear of people? Is it the name that we might get at the end of it? Is, is, is our status? Is our family background? Is our identity? If I'm known as this person, if I do this, if I go more closer to God, would my identity get changed? Or sometimes is our sickness keeping us away from actually entering that holy place and communing with God? Because uh, we just want him to heal and leave us alone. Or maybe you're like saying, God, I've had a hard life. I grew up in a hard home. I had bad surroundings around me. I've, But you know what? I've never seen you come through. And so I don't want, you know, you're a distant thing. Or are we just plain comfortable where we are at? Are we happy with where we are at? God wants to break. If you look at 
the cross um, I'm reminded of this statement the power of the cross and many times I've never uh, really understood the full meaning of it but actually when you look at the power of the cross nothing can stand in front of it nothing is too big if you're going to tell Jesus this is who I am this is where I am at this is what I am he's actually going to listen to you but he's not going to magnify the problem that you're bringing to him all he cares is about you the label to him is something small which he's already dealt with and he'll want us to overcome that soon so that we can have the direct relationship with him so that we can talk to him so that we can pray more closely and more intimately with him reading from hebrews chapter 4 verses 14 to 16 therefore since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven jesus the son of god let us hold firmly to the faith we profess for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet he did not sin let us then approach god's throne of grace with confidence and find grace to help us in our time of need so even as we look to Jesus who's a perfect sacrifice maybe not be scared that Jesus will not understand he will empathize it says here he is the chief high priest who empathizes with us he knows what we are your heartache he understands the troubled times that we are in he understands the pain that you're going through he understands probably you're a single parent he understands your heartache probably you're broken in spirit not knowing what tomorrow will hold he understands probably your bank balance is run dry because you didn't get paid this week or this month he understands the cross has the final word i'm reminded of this song this entire week in fact that song has been resonating in my spirit and i just i uh, i know we can't sing the song right now but i just wanted to read the verse and the chorus so that that would sing into our spirits sorrow may come in the darkest night but the cross has the final word evil may put up its strongest fight but the cross has the final word there's nothing stronger there's nothing higher there's nothing greater than the name of jesus all the honor all the power all the glory to the name of jesus the cross is where we find salvation the cross is where we are redeemed the cross is where the transaction happens the cross is where we are set free the cross is where it confirms to us that evil has no stronghold the cross is where we have access into eternal life the cross is where we are renewed and made into a new being the cross is where we find jesus So today even as you're seated there you probably are bogged down by worry you're probably terrified by what tomorrow might hold what your work holds because probably there's a lot of uncertainty I would like to actually ask you can you lean into this Jesus who's the perfect sacrifice he's done it once and for all it's done and over We're going to spend some time praying after this claiming the scriptures and believing that what he's done on the cross 
has the power to act still today, even when we call on his name. Even as we close, I just want to recap. Jesus' perfect sacrifice first was the adequate atonement. We must stay grateful for the finished work of the cross. Jesus' perfect sacrifice has gifted us salvation. We must first be moved to repent. And it's in that repentance that we'll draw closer to him. It's in that repentance that we'll find redemption. And the third thing is, Jesus' perfect sacrifice gave us direct access to God. We can approach him confidently. There's nothing that can stop. There's no barrier. If there's any barrier, it's only probably us that's holding something in front and saying this is a barrier. But he's willing to tear it from top to bottom. And even today, even before we go into a time of prayer, I just want to take this time and ask, do you want to commit your life to Christ? There's no other time more important than this where you can look to the cross and say, Jesus, I'm broken. Jesus, I, I don't have everything going right. But even as I heard, if the Bible says that you were the perfect sacrifice, I want to hold on to that. I want to trust in that. And I want to make and commit my life to you. Dear Lord Jesus, even right now, we just thank you, Lord, for each and everyone who's watching. I pray specifically, Lord, including myself, that, Lord, we rededicate and recommit our lives to you, Lord. We approach, Lord Jesus, the cross with a repentant heart. We are sinners, Lord Jesus. We need grace. And we pray that, Lord, you would save us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the blood that was shed on the cross, for the body that was broken, that was bruised. And we believe, Lord Jesus, that you have set us free. We accept you as Lord and Savior over our lives. And we believe that our sins are forgiven. We pray that, Lord, you will be Lord over our lives from this day forth. Every step we take, Lord Jesus, every move we make, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, you will be Lord. You would govern us, Lord Jesus, that we won't live our lives like how we lived like yesterday or the day before or years back. But we will live a new life, Lord, changed. We will read your word. We will follow you all the days of our life. Thank you, Lord, for the finished work of the cross. And as we heard, Lord, in every day, if there's one thing we'll hold on to, we'll hold on to this, Lord. The cross has the final word. We thank you. May you be glorified. May you be honored. To you, all the glory and honor. Most holy name we pray. Amen. Even as we just heard, the veil has torn. We have direct access to God today. And so I don't know what you're seeking God for. I don't know where you need your healing, where you need his touch. But we're going to believe that he is still in the healing business, that he still wants to touch your life. We're going to pray for a whole different bunch of things. But I pray that you will claim these promises over your life. We're going to put the promises up on the screen as we claim it. I pray that you will claim it for yourself and believe that the word of God still has power. The word of God can change the scenario you're in right now. We're going to first pray for sicknesses. We're going to claim this promise. We're going to pray from Isaiah 53. It says, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet he considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. 
and by his wounds we are healed can we just believe that every iniquity of ours has been dealt with on the cross every uh, punishment that was deserved that we were deserving of was taken up by jesus can we just believe that father we pray for every physical ailment can you just lay your hands on the place that is hurting the place that has been has gotten a diagnosis that is disturbing can you just place your hand upon that place right now and we believe that lord every by your stripes we are we are healed we believe that every wound every iniquity has been taken up by you oh father and we thank you father we pray against every disease in the name of jesus we pray that it will submit to your lordship i pray for healing in jesus name of the body I pray for ill ailments in the skin ailments in the different organs father we pray for autoimmune diseases that lord you will give healing in jesus name father we pray against cancers and tumors we pray that lord they will submit to your mighty name father we pray at this time very specially for mental illness i pray for people who are struggling lord emotionally father we pray that your divine power will fall upon them right now father that they will be restored from depression they will be restored lord for bipolar from bipolar disorder father they will be restored in jesus name from heartbreak that they have suffered that you will do something new and something fresh in their lives father we pray at this time for marriages can we just claim this promise from psalm 128 it says blessed are all who fear the lord who walk in obedience to him you will eat the fruit of your labor blessings and prosperity will be yours your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house your children will be like olive shoots and lord that you will bless the man who is righteous in his ways your word says and i pray that every man and woman who are watching this right now that lord they will strive to live a righteous life in you and father i pray you will bless their marriages that god you will restore what is broken you will restore what is dead lord that you will rehydrate them that god you will bring back intimacy that you will bring back love oh father god father we pray that during the season of lockdown that lord they will not move further apart but they will come together in love oh father god we pray at this time for our children can we claim isaiah 5413 for our children all your children will be taught by the lord and great will be their peace father we pray in this season of unrest of uncertainty i just pray your peace over every single one of our children lord that they would watch what is right they will be exposed to that which is right i pray lord that they will be nurtured by our parents that you will give us the time and the energy lord to invest in our children for they are a heritage from you lord help us oh father as we parent our children co-parent with us Lord I pray at this time for infertility those who are struggling with infertility for years on and those who just discovered they have endometriosis or something that cannot allow them to get pregnant but Lord we thank you that it is you who breathes life into the womb and I pray right now for women who are watching who are grieving oh father that you would work something that you will do something beautiful in their lives we claim this promise that you gave to Joseph for oh Lord we pray that Lord Genesis 49 verse 25 says because of your father god who helps you because of the almighty who blesses you with blessings of the skies above blessings of the deep springs below blessings of the breast and the womb i pray that lord women will experience the miracle of childbirth women will experience the gift of children father i pray that you will uh, you will do a mighty move in their lives i pray lord for supernatural adoptions to happen father we pray that the children longing to be placed in homes will be brought into loving homes that you will do it to oh father that you will move these processes we pray that you will continue to be with these families i pray lord for rifts in families where there is disunity where there have been siblings who have not talked to each other for years father we speak your peace right now we speak lord unity can we just claim isaiah 58 verses 11 and 12 
It says the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and he will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairers of broken walls, restorers of streets with dwellings. Father, we pray that not just our nuclear families, but even extended families will be like this, Lord. We will be such a blessing to our communities. That Lord, because of our unity, many will see you, Lord. Many will, will come towards us to see you. We just pray for supernatural unity. We pray, Lord, for, for that you will bind up families, Lord, with cords of love that cannot be broken. Father, we pray at this time for those who have suffered financial setbacks. Those who are struggling right now because of lack of finance, Lord. They don't have the money. They don't have the means. Can you just claim this? Isaiah 48 verse 17 says, Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. Father, I thank you that even in these times, it is you who teaches us to profit. It is you who gives us success, O oh Lord. Apart from you, we can do nothing. I pray for those who are whose jobs are, are, are on the edge. They don't know what's next. I pray, Lord, for friends of us who don't have uh, the money to run this entire month. It's only you who teaches us to profit. Give us innovative ways, Lord. Teach us, Father. Father, more than anything, I pray we will experience you as Jehovah Jireh, our provider. I pray that, Lord, your word says that you will give us all that we need. And so we lay it before him. Can you just lay before God everything that you need for this month? I don't know what it is. What bills have to be paid? What loans have to be closed? He knows. Can you ask God to give you wisdom? Can you ask God to give you the means to do what you have to do? We're going to pray for those who are struggling because of setbacks, because of abuse, because of injustice, where you're having emotional setbacks. Can we just claim Isaiah 61 verse 3? It says, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. You are the planting of the Lord. No abuse can set you back from that. Every bit of uh, the what the enemy meant for evil has been turned around for good. Can we claim this in Jesus name? I pray that Lord, you will give beauty for the ashes. I pray that, Lord, they will no longer be stuck in a rut because of the abuse. That, Lord, they will step out in victory. They will experience you, Lord. They will experience your healing power. That they will know they will be planted firmly in good soil. I pray in Jesus' name that those who have suffered injustice, Lord, will experience the, the just God that you are. That you will fight every battle for them. That you will set them on higher ground. Can we finally pray for those who have been afflicted with COVID-19? We don't know what they're going through. It must be so difficult being in isolation, being away from family, having to struggle all alone. Those who've been quarantined in their homes, they can't even see their spouses and children. Can we just pray over them right now? We're going to claim Psalm 91 verses 4 to 6. We're going to say this. Can we just open our mouths and say this? He will cover us with his feathers and under his wings we shall take refuge. His truth shall be our shield and buckler. We shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Can we just believe that this is the God we serve when we abide in Him, when we rest in Him, 
this is the promise over our lives can we just believe it if you know someone who's struggling with the virus someone who's been quarantined someone who's sick right now even with the flu can we just speak healing over them in jesus name lord your word says that no evil shall befall us and nor shall any plague come near our dwelling that is your word for us lord and we claim it in jesus name father we pray for our families we pray for our friends all around the globe even as all of them are in lockdown all of them are in their homes i pray for healing and as they go out and come in oh father that they will not pick up the virus we pray in jesus name that your supernatural protection be upon them even if any of them are sick that lord their body will fight the immune response will be mounted and that lord they will experience healing i pray for little children i pray for pregnant women father we pray that you will do what only you can we pray for india lord for all the cases of those who have been infected we pray for a supernatural touch of god we pray lord for the young women and men the older gentlemen and women who have been afflicted with this virus jesus that you will give them healing i pray for the little children who have been infected i pray for the homeless lord those who live on the streets father that you will put a, a hedge of protection around them in jesus name we pray that this virus lord will implode on itself and completely disappear from the face of the earth We pray that you will play your hand upon the earth right now and heal us Jesus. Heal the land, heal our air, oh Father, heal our water. Heal our hearts, oh Father, as humanity help us Lord to preserve that which you have given us. We love you, oh Father, we thank you. Can you just believe in advance that God has already done this for you? He has healed you. by his stripes you are healed every burden every bruise has been taken up on that cross can you just believe it and say amen amen we thank you oh lord we thank you in jesus name thanks for listening to this message we hope you were blessed to hear more messages like this make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes if you like what you are hearing consider rating us subscribing and even sharing it with friends that could really help us for more content from we are zion and to connect with us go to weazion.in remember whoever finds jesus finds life